0: We keep on saying it, but I think we've run out of words to talk about this man, Giannis, with another 50 point performance against the game, against the Clippers team. That, let's be honest, this was a spectacle we don't see too often. Everyone was playing and it went down to the wire, and there was defense on both ends. And ultimately, there was one player that stood above everyone else on the floor among all the all stars and all the accolades these guys have. It's Giannis. We're going to talk about him because the Bucs win 106 105. Uh, this will be a game we'll remember for a while. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis
1: spinning. Fading oh, shot. Up. Down!
0: Tom box, my name's Kane Pippen. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN alongside me, the founder of Brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. For today's episode that's brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NBA. And I think Avitza Zubats is going to be looking for a new job because his previous role as the Jana stopper is no longer appropriate for this man. We thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every single day. We appreciate it. If you subscribe to the show or you're new to the show and you're just tuning in because you want to hear two people talk about Giannis scoring 50, we appreciate it. Subscribe, turn the notifications on. We're podcasting every day. Uh, this was a classic. Giannis' performance, Frank, we we are fortunate enough to talk about him after these games that he has, but another 54 points tonight. His second 50-point game in a week, third on the season. And this, I I joke about Zubats, but this, to me, was a perfect encapsulation of why you got to play 48 minutes against this man because Zubats did have some good, decent moments and Giannis was settling for jump shots in the first quarter. And by the end of it, Zubats was on the bench because he found out, and Giannis was just willing to attack anyone and anything that stood in his way, and he proved too much. I just saw a tweet. I didn't realize it at the time. Giannis, 20 points in the fourth quarter. Clippers, 18 points in the fourth quarter. This man was just absolutely unstoppable.
1: Before the game, uh, I-, I joked because this game was at 9.15. I said, oh, Giannis is going to get two naps. He's going to go for yeah. 60 points and eight and 21 rebounds. Pretty close, Kane. Yes. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty close. Although it did not look like it was going to be one of those nights early on. I mean, granted, we know Giannis will have these games where, like, you know, he'll score, like, six points in the first half and explode for 32 in the second. So we know that, you know, his the correlation between how he plays early in games is not necessarily um, high with how he's going to play later. But, you know, it was interesting. I mean, we, we saw kind of the game plan that the that the Clippers were going to use against the Bucks. Zubatsa was going to sit back the Lakers, the Clippers were going to largely kind of stay home. They were going to make Giannis have to score. And if he's going to shoot jump shots against them, like, Hey, you know, go ahead, go right ahead. Right. And I think we saw early in the game, he kind of fell into the trap of, of settling for like, Hey, you know, you're going to give me like a 15 footer. You're going to give me wide open three. Like I'm gonna to try to make you pay for that. And, you know, I think his first, like the bucks, like first seven possessions or something like that he had like 0 for four hmm. from the field 0 for two from the line. And like, one or two turnovers. So it was like, I mean, it was a rough, rough start, but you know, Stan and gunny, who I generally like Stan. I think, I mean, obviously he knows, you know, has forgotten more about basketball than I'll ever know. Um, you know, I think he's generally a good analyst, uh, but I think he was crediting Zubats a little too much for the lack of success that, that Giannis was having. And we saw when he came back late in the first quarter, the bucks, I mean, you know, again, it was like the stagnancy of that early kind of part of the game, just, again, just sort of like took root. And I think it was, what was it? 24 to nine at one point. Mm. Um, you know, they were, they, the, the, I think they had five points in the first six minutes or something. I mean, they were playing in cement felt like uh, in the first part of the, of the game. And, you know, Giannis then attacks uh, Zubats with momentum a couple times in the first quarter. And then in the early in the second quarter, he gets the third foul on Zubats. And that's when he really started to get going. He's got 20 at halftime and then second half didn't matter who you're putting in front of him i mean he was going up over through zubats um, you know just just freak of nature stuff right and the stuff that that we will always remember out Giannis, he was he was putting on full display and even knocks down a couple threes you know took took eight of them um, i think he missed his first four before he had his first one so you know 2 for 4 i think in the second half um but again, just a guy seeing his team struggling, and Giannis, you know, the Clippers seemed to be kind of like baiting him into, "Hey, beat us," and Giannis was like, "Okay, I'll beat you." <laughs> and next thing you know, um, he's at 34 uh, through three quarters, which I think the game really swung right. The Bucks come out of halftime, you know, the B- Bucks were leading 39-38. Clippers go on a little bit of a run. Again, Bucks just the three-point shooting was working against them all game long. And then early in the third quarter, again, they come out and again just felt like more just bad vibes coming to the locker room. Drew Holiday was 0 for 6 in the first half. New All-Star, Drew Holiday. This should be a night of Mm -hmm. celebration for him. We will be able to celebrate that coming off the win. And he made some big plays in the second half, but he goes 0 for 6 in the first half. I think he missed two shots to start the third. I mean, he got pulled three minutes into the third quarter and Bud's like grasping at straws. It was like Joe Ingles, Grayson and Pat Connaughton trying to defend Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. And it felt like the game was just slipping away. They go down by as many as 21, but Giannis comes back towards the end. They start chipping away. And I thought two huge plays. Giannis hits a three, um, a pull up three. He was trying to go, I think, two for one. Hits a pull up three to make it a 10 point game. And then the Bucks get the ball back. With five seconds left, they get a stop. That's a theme of the night, stops. The defense was awesome. Uh, And he takes another pull-up three with the clock running down. And Wes Matthews, or as I referred to him on Twitter after the final possession, Wes fucking Matthews, (laughs) just jumps up, goes for the rebound, and effort level pays off. He gets a foul call only made one free throw, but all of a sudden, Hey, you're only down nine going into the fourth quarter. And I just thought that end of the third quarter, I mean, really like the second half of the third quarter, you know, Chris Middleton again, still on that minutes limit. He had a huge three in the, th- in the fourth quarter, which was cool to see that brought the bucks within two. I kind of like the end there was thinking like, can, can we please just, can we please just get Chris Middleton on the fourth last two minutes? Like, can, can we go from 20 to 22 minutes maybe? Um, but again, we saw the impact of Chris, what he can do the, you know, sort of, um just the stabilizing influence that he brings on this offense, getting to his spots and hitting shots. Uh, and then Giannis come, kind of comes back and and starts to really force his, you know, impose his will. And obviously in the fourth quarter, it was the Giannis show, 20 points. And again, didn't have to make it one point. <laughs> they had multiple chances to make this game more comfortable. Giannis making plays, hitting shots. Um, missed a couple free throws, but then hits two big free throws to, to give them the lead. Uh, and then both teams just kind of play defense the rest of the game. And thankfully, Giannis, we've talked about backcourt turnovers being this big problem all season long for the Bucs, these just like agonizing backcourt turnovers. And so, what happens up one, Giannis dribbling the ball, they're going to have to foul backcourt turnover, miscommunication. I mean, that would have been a horrible way to lose <laughs> because of a backcourt turnover by Giannis, but thankfully Wes Matthews and Drew, they were switching um, in the fourth quarter and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. It's the same story that we saw two years ago. Bucks won 105, 100 at the Bradley's or at the Bradley's sorry, at Pfizer forum. <laughs> it, that was back when, remember when that one, like they still didn't have fans. It was one of those games. Giannis had that big um, dunk late in the game off a ball move. And he had like 36 in that game. And the Clippers just got into iso ball. Those two guys didn't really try to get anybody else involved, and the Bucs were able to snuff it out. And again, tonight, we see that the small ball was huge for the Bucs. They got crushed in the Brook Lopez minutes, but people like Wes Matthews playing defense, Drew Holiday playing defense and eventually hitting some shots, and of course Giannis doing what Giannis does, Um, again, we talk about like signature wins for college teams like trying to build their tournament resumes. You know, you don't really have that in the NBA, but I think as you were alluding to earlier, when we think back on this season and hey, what were the like most memorable wins? Obviously, anytime Giannis gets a 50 burger, that's going to be pretty impressive. But doing it in 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 these circumstances compared to, you know, again, not to diminish scoring 50 against any other opponent, but you know, doing it against like the Wizards or whatever. Um, yeah, it's it's a different type of type of accomplishment versus doing it against a Clipper team that has top tier talent, and that really made you work for this win. So for him to pull out a fifty four point eighteen rebound performance to carry the Bucks to a win, um, that's that's pretty damn cool. And again, you know, given the comeback and all that, uh, I think we've seen this team come back from big deficits before this season, and I think it's one of those things that you just sort of like. Mark down a little bit and say, okay, you know, when when they're in those spots in the postseason, hopefully you're not going to be on 21 much. But we know this team has the character to kind of fight back. And I felt even like late in the game, I thought, you know what, if they lose this game, I can live with it. Right. I mean, they came back. They got it to basically a coin toss type game down the stretch. Thankfully, they win another close game and um, send send fans home, maybe tired uh, with the very late close, but certainly also very happy.
0: Uh, tired but happy. It sounded like a rowdy crowd at Foster Forum, which we love as well. And in many ways, you look at some of the numbers. I want to get to them in a little bit. It was a very Bucksy win. I felt like I was watching some playoff basketball, not able to shoot threes, low scoring, but the Bucks were able to get a win. Uh, so we'll get to that. Uh, particularly some of the lineup lineup stuff because I think it's really interesting, particularly with Chris not out there towards the end. Like, there's some upside for this Bucks team. But first, we want to talk about. Uh, LinkedIn, the sponsor of today's show, as a small business owner or hiring manager. You know that success in 2023 depends on team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs uh, hires the qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. LinkedIn jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on their job qualifications all on one platform. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires, first leading competitors LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked MBA to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. So before we get to some of this uh, lineup stuff, just some more Giannis. Let's, let's stick with Giannis there, just with this Clippers team and, and the way they stack up. So there's some differences there, but as I was watching this, and this is why I was thrilled that uh, Kawhi and PG and everyone were playing, because the, to me, like, the Clippers are kind of an afterthought because they're out in the West, and if the Bucks are going to have to play them, it's in a finals matchup. So it is a long way in the past but they kind of self. that they are like the Celtics in the way that they have multiple guys. Like it's a similar matchup. So I really wanted to see how the Bucks were going to match up and also how they were going to defend him. Now, I don't know if you quite picked up on this with Stan Van Gundy, but I think by the end of the game, you wanted Kawhi to defend Giannis. He, it, it, Honestly, seriously, Stan, I love Stan as well, but he was mentioning that three times per minute. His per 36 minute rate for mentioning. He wanted to see Kawhi on Giannis was through the roof hall of fame levels. And, We've always kind of discussed this, but the idea, and it doesn't have to be someone absolutely elite like Kawhi Leonard, like preferably because it's going to make life a little easier. But with the Zubat stuff, as you kind of pointed to, I mean, I just would have taken him off the floor. Now, Robert Covington had zero luck trying to defend Giannis. So I don't think he was the answer. But if you got Kawhi or even Paul George if you've got someone in Giannis's face on the perimeter, at least he doesn't get the three steps to get the runway and then be able to score on top of you. And you pretty much got no choice but to foul. So I th- it does feel like the Clippers walked away from this probably thinking they've got some stuff up their sleeve too, which is kind of weird because, as I said, it would be an NBA Finals matchup. But I thought it was at least a little bit bizarre. And, and when it came to the final turnover where Giannis sort of threw the ball out of bounds, it looked like everyone was confused. Like you would think if Giannis gets the rebounds, First of all, he can take the foul if he wants to. That's fine. I would have no problem if he wants to take that responsibility. But why isn't someone smart enough yeah. to know an and outlet. get around him? Yeah. Like Petkonen is running up the floor. Like, what yeah. is going on?
1: And then because they through. weren't like they weren't like out and out trapping him quite yet, you know. No. So it's like it's one thing if you yeah. So uh, again, you just would like to see smarter execution. I'd Yeah, I would say. yeah. I mean, thank thank goodness it it didn't end up hurting them. And and I mean, yeah, talk about. We've, there's been so much narrative this season, obviously, about the lack of uh, or the, the the how many times we see these marquee matchups ruined by injuries, resting, whatever. And yeah, the Clippers, obviously, a team that has, you know, le- kind of leads the league in that. Bucks, obviously, have done it a lot as well. So, uh, you know, I, I was just happy when we saw yesterday Giannis show up as probable on the injury report. Mm-hmm. We talked on Wednesday about some of the concerns when he had kind of that came down on on the knee a little bit janky uh at the very end of the Hornets game. Um but yeah, I mean you could say, hey, seeing seeing a full strength Bucks team against a full strength Clippers team, you know, apologies to Bobby Portis, obviously, but you know, at least you have the the big three of the Bucks and uh the the kind of core of of the Clippers available. Uh hey, it's like a Bigfoot sighting, you know, it's like quick somebody take a picture of it. Um but yeah, they'll play I mean,
0: next week, next weekend, no one's playing. Yeah, we own right, we it's, know back that. To, it's the second night
1: of back to back, so nobody's playing. <laughs> um, but but uh, yeah, it, it's uh, it was just one of these games, right? I mean, this you know, we try to call it out, and and usually when we call it out, it's because of a special Giannis performance. You know, these this is why we watch regular season basketball, right? Like, there, oh. there's so much discussion about the, the devaluing of the regular season. And, you know, how the product is is being spoiled to an extent by the fact that you just don't know if the best players are going to show up on a given night. And so, you know, let's just pause and just say, like, thank you, basketball gods, for letting us yeah. see these two teams both rested. And, you know, Kawhi Leonard tonight, 7 of 26. Um, I mean, th- that, was, that was, I think, a great defensive job that the Bucs did on him. I still think he got to, like, decent spots, especially against Drew Holiday. Drew is defending him early. That may have been why Drew struggled as much as he does. It's like the whole playoff Drew Holiday problem where he's mm. expending a ton of energy defensively. And, you know, does that impact him offensively? He finishes four of 15, 12 points, eight assists, three turnovers in 34 minutes. So, you know, after the the 0 for 8 start, I think he finished four of seven, including a couple of big threes. Um, but, you know, I thought, again, the, the kind of, Team effort on Kawhi. We saw occasionally guys like Grayson and um, not Pat so much, but it felt like Grayson got switched onto him a number of times. Um, and again, not really ideal ideal circumstances. But you know, Wes and uh, and um, Chris even at times like I thought again, you just again having the the full complement of wings that they have right now. Obviously, it's really important. But I think it also. You know, the fact that you had stretches where you had you know Bud was stacking Grayson and Joe and Pat at the same time I mean I think it does highlight like well this is like yeah this is I guess why they why they're interested in Jay Crowder right for a matchup like this or a matchup um, with the Celtics because you just have a bit more optionality to get uh, a stronger guy out there who can knock down threes and you know fortunately tonight West Matthews goes over four from the field all of them are threes almost hit that three late when they were up one off a kick out from Giannis, that would have been yeah. you a know, potential dagger, but Hey, no worries. Uh, he earned his, his keep defensively. And um, again, I mean, we've seen it, we saw it last year again, obviously, you know, we, we didn't see it uh, during Wes's first stint because Drew wasn't here yet, but when you put Drew and Wes on the floor and you put them on the, the two best wing players, um, the freedom you have to switch defensively is just a great luxury to have. Right. And yeah, I mean, Again, I'd say most teams would probably rather attack Wes than than Drew. But uh, you saw tonight, especially in the second half, I mean, Wes is just a strong, strong dude. And he's really like a useful guy to have, even at his age. He's not playing every game. Um, we've seen a lot more of him with Bobby Portis out. But uh, against these kind of power wing type guys like Kawhi, just the fact that he's so sturdy and strong, again, he's not going to be a vertical athlete or anything like that, but he can at least hold his ground and make those guys shoot Kind of hard jump shots, and Exhibit A was the very last play of the game when you know, that was one of Kawhi's probably hardest shots he took all night. And again, shades of of Philly versus uh, versus Toronto, uh, a little bit. Oh, cool. I did I, think that just because of the spot, yeah, from the spot, yeah, shooting from that right side of the floor. Thankfully, uh, West Matthews is uh, is you know a better defender than the entirety of the Philadelphia 76ers team. So, uh, so they end up getting that. I mean, ironically, it's, it's such a funny game to look at from the plus minus, because this was such a game of runs.
0: I was just looking at that. Yeah. Kawhi, I mean, Kawhi yeah.
1: was plus 19 and 40 minutes. Um, Marcus Morris was plus 23. I thought Marcus, I mean, Marcus Morris would be sort of like the, you know, uh, least bad uh, compromise option to defend Giannis. He did at times tonight. Uh, he's done that obviously in the past uh, again, not that Marcus Morris is going to stop Giannis either, but I think probably a lot of it is just, you know, Kawhi physically, they just are very wary of wearing him down. And I think especially in the regular season, they just don't want to give him the task of having to battle with a guy like Giannis. Um, but you know, he had a couple, couple good monos. He had a block on Giannis after Giannis missed a, I think it was Giannis missed like a layup basically. Um, and then I don't know why it was called a jump ball, to be honest, like the ball kind of yeah. got out of Giannis. It was kind of a weird. It was like the refs like t- felt like they had to reward the defensive play or something. So it should have been like just a put back by Giannis, but whatever. Didn't matter in the end. But um, but yeah, uh, I mean, just uh, just a fun matchup to see in the regular season. And I thought, you know, especially late in the game, the P- Clippers becoming so predictable and like all they do is two man game and give give credit to the Bucks, right? I mean if if you send a ton of help maybe then they would actually those guys would actually pass uh but the bucks didn't have to send help drew and west primarily were able to keep those guys you know 1v1 more or less and so yeah. those other guys didn't get involved and thank god norm powell didn't get uh, a bunch of shots off late norm powell bucks killer extraordinaire 26 points on 16 shots four of eight from three but he was a minus 27 too which seems like crazy bucket, right? bucket like, baby <laughs> it felt yeah it felt like the entire time he was on the floor that like i was just on pins and needles um waiting for for the bucks to uh to you know leave him open or whatever by the way going small against norm powell with javon carter not the answer that was that was rough to watch uh javon did not cover himself in glory in the fourth quarter there he had a brief stint missed a couple of Questionable three point shots. Um, and again, just the lack of size really hurt him against Norm Powell. But he did have that one nice play where he forced a Steal. turnover off of, uh, yeah, no, off of Paul George or whatever it was. So, um, but yeah, I mean, and I think really the, the the most interesting plus minus is, you know, Brooke Lopez, who obviously we love Brooke, but a minus 32 in a game where, you know, I mean, Zubat's played 29 minutes, right? So it's not like there was a lack of a non stretch, you know, th- th- there was a non stretch big man out there for him to, to defend. Um, but you know, again, I, uh, I'd say the minus or two, there's a lot of flukiness in there. Um, but, uh, again, just, this was a game of runs and, you know, again, I, we've seen it during their title run. There are going to be times when the bucks are going to be better playing small. And I think that's one of the upsides of this stretch without Bobby is that this is forcing the bucks to, to have to play that way a little bit more, have to play small, put Giannis at center, surround him with switchable wings. And, uh, obviously we, we saw, we saw ultimately the uh, the result we wanted tonight.
0: All right. I got a Jay Crowder question for you. Obviously, he's a talking point. You mentioned his name earlier. So we're going to get to that uh, in just a bit after we talk about FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet, you'll get up to three thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown, which is interesting because I have got the uh, first touchdown scorer here now. Travis Kelsey is uh, the favorite plus six fifty, uh, but I'm interested if you go down. Now, I, look, I'm not going to try and uh, I'm not going to try and pretend that I know who's scoring touchdowns for the for the Chiefs, but uh, Patty Mahomes. Plus 2,900. That sounds like pretty good value. But what if you think there's going to be a defensive touchdown? Plus 3,500 for the Kansas City defense, plus 3,800 for the Philadelphia defense. So, anyway, check it out at FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So, join FanDuel today at slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Uh, and also the Locked On Podcast Network. So, this closing lineup, you referenced it. And as I was watching it, I was just, uh, my eyes were veering to the bench and poor old Chris Middleton in his warm up sitting on the bench, probably wishing that he was going to be out there, which brings me to a comment from Mike Budenholzer after this game. He was asked about Chris's minutes and playing alongside Giannis and Drew Holiday. And he said, we're trying to use Chris's minutes judiciously. Giannis needed a break, and so Chris went in. I know he made a walk-up three and hit his mark. I think three of them played together for that little stretch at the start of the fourth quarter. We were down nine to start, and I think the Chris three cut it to two and he was done, and we just had to find a way to do it without Chris. But those three guys are going to play a ton together, which we would expect. But there you go. So it was never a consideration to bring Chris back out on the floor. But if Chris comes in, so you've got Wes, Drew, Pat Conant and Joe ingles Giannis tonight. So Chris obviously replaces probably, uh, well, maybe Joe. Could be Wes. Could be Pat. One of those guys. Did tonight, watching this team and the matchups that you're playing, the Clippers and, you know, the Grayson Allen being switched onto Kawhi and similar to the Celtics stuff that we've seen in the past, did anything about this game tonight make you sit back and say, yeah, I I want Jay Crowder more than
1: I did before this game tipped off? I mean, I, I think especially the third quarter um, definitely made me feel like that. Uh, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways, the Clippers are like the Boston Celtics minus ball movement. Um, you know, they hmm. if if Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum just never passed, basically, then uh, it'd be... <laughs> I'm exaggerating a little bit. But <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think part of it, though, is is honestly, you know, a Chris Middleton just still isn't playing, you know, full minutes as a starter. If this was the playoffs, he'd be in the high thirties. Well, I'll say this by the playoffs, knock on wood, you know, he'll be a guy that can play high thirties, 40, low forties in terms of, of minutes per game. Uh, so that obviously makes a huge difference because that's, you know, an extra 20 minutes compared to what he played tonight. So, you know, that, that can like essentially wipe out the need for an entire other rotation guy. Right. Um, But I think, you know, again, it felt like a clip, like a Celtics game though, in the fact that, you know, Grayson Allen takes three shots in 24 minutes. Um, And I thought, I mean, I thought he he was guarding uh, Paul George to start. If I recall correctly, it was drew on Kawhi and uh, Grayson on Paul George, which, I mean, that's saying something. If they're putting uh, him on Paul George rather than Pat Connaughton, who again, Pat is not a stopper, but you know, is certainly a solid defender. And I think I mean, they're the, both listed at six, four, but I feel like Pat's plays a little bit bigger than, than Grayson does. Um, so I think that was a statement of, you know, certainly the, their belief in him and, you know, Paul George, six of 16 for 16 points tonight. It's not like Paul George was roasting Grayson or anybody else. Um, but either way, um, I I think, I think if you did have a Jay Crowder on your bench, I think certainly you could have more easily had lineups that that kind of match up like for like uh, when you wanted to go small, but but again, I mean, we talked about in our last pod, like you know, you kind of just look at who you've got right now. Joe Ingles is going to play, Chris Middleton obviously is going to play, Pat Connaughton going to play, um, and so I mean, you can easily carve out Jay Crowder minutes, I'd say right now probably, um, but it'd mainly be just take you know him subbing in for West Matthews and. Again, like if you're if you're having to defend like smaller guys, I mean, Jay Crowder hasn't defended, I don't think Jay Crowder's really defended smaller players, like smaller wing guys, pretty much at all. And I think that's one thing that West does well is he he defends twos and I mean at times even ones um, reasonably well. Again, he doesn't. You know, you don't want him on like really quick guys, but uh, but he is versatile and switchable defensively. And Crowder has some of those same skill sets, but um i don't know i mean how much better is jay crowder than west matthews i mean it's an interesting question i think one of the reasons jay crowder is open to coming to walkie is because his buddy west matthews is here and i'm well, sure you Wes... know what the benefit
0: is they're, they're both old so you just play them on alternate nights <laughs> because we need to save these legs make sure they are fresh for the postseason because yeah, yeah. Wes is playing great
1: yeah and the irony is like it's funny because it's like i it's like i always think of crowder like in my head it's like he's like a Six eight type guy, but no, he's like listed at like six. I mean, he's like six six. He's not actually that tall, yeah. and you know, he has a very he has some very Bucksian tendencies in terms of, you know, he's kind of a feast or famine three point shooter. You can put it on the floor a little bit, but you really don't trust him to go create shots. And he's strong, but he's not athletic, and I feel like you know he's not like explosive. And I feel like that's very much a hallmark of Bucks wings in terms of being more like you know like kind of the, like, Wes, uh, you know, you look at Wes, Joe, um, Chris, like, none of them are explosive. Um, Obviously, varying degrees of of sort of strength among that group. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, again, it's like, would I take Jay Crowder for free? Sure. Um, But I think the obvious question is then, like, okay, what are you doing lineup-wise then, you know? And if Wes Matthews doesn't play at all, um, well, he can't be mad at Jay Crowder because I think he wants him on the team because they're Marquette guys together. Uh, but I don't know. I think probably there may be matchups where West could still be a better option. But again, I mean, part of this too is just having the resiliency and the depth so that when one or two of these guys get hurt, then all of a sudden you're not sitting around complaining about depth and like, oh, we need another guy, right? And that's, again, you want to be kind of loaded for bear that when it comes to the playoffs, terms of having enough guys. Um, again, that does beg the question of just how do you kind of, Feed all these mouths, and you know, from a longer term cost standpoint, who are you going to pay and who are you not going to pay? But, um, you know, again, hey, end of the day, you didn't need Jake Crowder or anybody else tonight, you only needed 20 minutes of Chris Middleton, which was uh convenient. And again, I'm hopefully we will see more and more of Chris Middleton, but 16 points, seven boards to assist tonight. Another solid game and, again, just brought that kind of setting influence off the bench. Um, but it, w- it was funny. Only Giannis and Chris both only had two assists, which is obviously low numbers for them. And overall, this was not a game for ball movement. Only 16 assists for the Bucks, only 15 for the Clippers, and very rock fight-ish in terms of the overall numbers. Both teams at 105 defensive rating uh, or offensive rating, uh, which is obviously well below average offensively and very good defensively. So we were, we've been talking about how the Bucks defense has been very good of late, even if the possession numbers have, uh, have inflated that a little bit tonight. And again, tonight was another very good defensive effort. Both teams took care of the ball. Um, again, Bucs, uh, better offensive rebounding than the, than the Clippers, but both teams generally did a very good job there. Um, so yeah, Bucks defense, very impressive, and offense, less impressive, but, <laughs> but did enough. Uh, And it's funny, just looking at the the shot charts in this game, Clippers took 17% of their shots at the rim, which is in the third percentile. Bucks took 39% of their shots at the rim. Bucks 20 of 29 at the rim. Clippers 8 of 14. uh, And the Clippers took twice as many long mid-range jump shots, but hit the exact same number, 6 of 24 versus 6 of 12 for the Bucks. And again, that just gets... To the defense, and again, you probably got a little lucky with Kawhi and Paul George. Maybe missing more of those mid-rangeers than than you might otherwise expect. But Bucks kind of played the math game, and this, in spite of the fact that you know, I think another really silver lining part of, part of this game, and Bucks were 24 from three. We obviously talked a lot about how good they've been from the three-point line of late. Tonight was early season Bucks for them in terms of the three-point shooting, nine for 37. Clippers were 13 to 36, so you know, essentially for the same, almost same number of shots, Clippers had 12 extra points that they got from the three point line. So kind of stack the deck against yourself a little bit. Um, but even though the Clippers, they only had I think, seven turnovers, bucks, only 10, which, you know, considering how the bucks have been uh, so far this season, that's, that's pretty encouraging as well. So, um, so yeah, really good win, fun win, awesome performance from Giannis. And again, with some better teams and the road trip coming up uh, for the bucks, I mean, if you can snag these quality wins to kind of keep the streak going, I mean, again, nice to, nice to not immediately slip back into third after uh, the Bucks were able to jump the Sixers to get into the second spot in the East. So, again, hopefully, again, can you build an extended streak here and uh, put some wins on the board? It would be nice, um, but again, we'll see. Let's just enjoy this one for for at least twenty four hours
0: exactly right. And you asked whether the Bucs, uh, you know, you're not sure whether the Bucs need Jay Crowder. I think that's right. But what our listeners need is the Locked On Game to Game podcast. So make sure you check it out on your Locked On NBA feed. You'll get the recaps from across the network. Maybe check out how our friends over at Locked On Clippers are doing tonight. Uh, like Frank said, I'd say they're probably feeling relatively optimistic. Nothing too crazy about it. and And they're probably just happy that their star players have been playing recently as well. So uh, the Clippers are really good. As I said, who knows which uh, one of these players is going to play next week when these two teams uh, meet up in L.A. after the Lakers game. We'll see, but listen to Locked On Game-to-Game podcast. Of course, uh, we're going to have some more trade chat over the next week. The deadline's getting closer. If it's not Jay Crowder, it could be uh, some other names. Apparently, the Bucks are very active. Apparently, they're working the phone, so I'm sure we're going to have more podcasts. Uh, hit the notification, subscribe, do all that stuff, and you'll know when we drop. Uh, a podcast there frank and uh one final congratulations true holiday 10 years since he was last an all-star that was in the pre-process 76ers uh frank we've been doing such a good job with this last week after i got a bit of a kick up the ass for the length of our podcast so if you've got something else to say please feel free but uh
1: you know you just show up here
0: i'm i'm here I'm, i know um, it's, it's a job i, look ju- at I just
1: loiter things. here i just loiter here right like i i owe no nothing to no one i just come because this is fun Drew Holiday, I, I tweeted something to the same effect, but Drew Holiday, a little more than two years since he arrived in Milwaukee. NBA champion. All-defensive first team. Olympic gold medalist. Twyman Stokes, teammate of the year, I think it was the, the name of the award he won. Uh, find me a more likable dude in the NBA. Now finally an all-star once again. Um, man, just, just a you just feels. I mean, again, this just kind of like brings me back to thinking about the Bucks winning a championship. Like just again, when you see people like drew holiday, Brooke Lopez, obviously Brooke didn't make the all-star team, but having an awesome year, people like drew Brooke, Chris Giannis, the fact that this group has been able to come together, accomplish so much, gotten a degree of recognition for themselves and ultimately also won a championship. will be immortal in, in Milwaukee forever. Um, you know, again, we all want another championship. We get that, but, uh, Again, a fun night to uh, celebrate Drew Holiday, a fun night to celebrate Giannis Adetokounmpo. And uh, it's always a good night to celebrate the Bucks winning an NBA championship uh, just whatever it was 18 months ago. So shout out to Bucks fans. Enjoy your Fridays. Enjoy your weekends. And as I said, in my Locked On
0: Bucks, uh short that you can find on the Locked On Bucks YouTube page, Drew is also the, defen- the best uh, perimeter defensive player in the league, defensive player of the year in our hearts. And potentially would already have that award if he was a little more shameless, like their friends over in uh, Boston and just appealing for every single award, even though perhaps uh, not quite the way it should have gone. So anyway, Drew Holiday, maybe a defensive player of the year. He's owed one. All right, we're going to podcast. There's a game on the weekend, so maybe we'll podcast on the weekend. We'll figure it out. But like I said, subscribe, notifications on, and you'll know when we drop our next show. And at the very least, you know we're back on monday for a podcast as well enjoy this watch the replay of this bucks clippers game watch the fourth quarter again Giannis had 54 uh he's on fire maybe on the way to a third mvp catch you guys next time